don't uh, need to tell you this, but you're currently listening to the song Wouldn't It Be Nice, which is the opening track from the 1991 debut self-titled album from none other than Pennywise. Now, the reason I'm telling you about this and the reason you are listening to this song is because this record is currently available at northernscene.net. Now, I'm letting you know this because you can save 15% when you buy this record or any record from Northern Scene when you use the promo code GROWINGUP. That's all one word, all lowercase, Growing Up. Use that promo code at checkout. Cool? Okay, cool. Now let's get into this week's episode. Stick my utopia, fight for euphoria I'll end with hallelujah, sing a little glory I talk about it, I'm on the ride and who the fuck decides The place is empty, I threw an in to be a deal with eyes Until we tie, will we know? We really try to focus on, you know, PMA and, and putting a positive spin on things, even if it's a negative subject. Welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. My friend is Aaron. In this episode, Aaron discovers Chaser with vocalist Mike Ladon. Now, for those of you discovering Chaser along with us, they're best described as a melodic skate punk band from Orange County, California. Uh, if you're a fan of, you know, the 90s Southern California skate punk scene, the fat rec scene, you're going to love these guys if you've yet to hear them. If you're already a fan of Chaser, welcome. Let's hang out. Let's have some fun finding out what some of their influences are, because in this interview, Mike shares three songs that influenced him, as well as the stories behind a couple of songs from Chaser's latest album, Dreamers, which was released last year. That's 2021. If you're way in the future and you're listening back, 2021 is when that record came out. Before we get into the interview, though, and into the episode, let's just take care of some housekeeping. Go follow us on social media, at Growing Punk Pod. That's where you'll find us on Twitter and Instagram. You'll find the links to our personal profiles there as well. Uh, you can also find the link to our Patreon. Two bucks a month throws some general support our way. Also, uh, not only Patreon, but we've got merch. If you want to grab some merch, links to those things are all in our bio, in the show notes, that kind of stuff. And of course, wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe, rate it, review it, all that kind of stuff. Whatever you can do on the platform you're listening to, share it with your friends, introduce them to a new band. It all helps, and it's all, you know, it's why we're here, to share new music with each other and to talk about some of our favorites. Let's not waste any more time, though. This is Aaron chatting with vocalist Mike Ladon, discovering Chaser. The sky is
Yeah, so let's just get right into uh, talking about some albums that, that influenced you and uh, Chaser as a band. Uh, so the three albums that you shared are ones that um, I have also spent a lot of time with and, and love a lot, and so I'm excited that you picked these ones and to talk a bit about them. So the first Great. one is uh, Good Riddance's Operation Phoenix. We're uh, dealing with real human beings who are suffering and dying and being tortured and starving uh, because of policies that we are involved in. And what the media are doing is ensuring that we do not act on our responsibilities and that the interests of power are served, not the needs of the American people who would be horrified if they uh, realized the blood that's dripping from their hands because of uh, the way they're uh, allowing themselves to be deluded and manipulated by the system. I remember when this one came out because I was really into uh, Ballads of the Revolution. And uh, then this one came out and had more kind of a, a melodic hardcore sound to it and a bit more aggressive and uh, an yeah. album that I go back to a lot. And so w- why does this album stand out to you or how has it kind of influenced your, your style of, of writing? Yeah, so for exactly that reason, man, it was aggressive. It was just full of energy and angst and uh, Russ just delivered on all cylinders on that album the whole band did and um it it was just in a really um you know influential time i I was in high school i was probably junior year maybe so it was just really influential time for me that's when i first started chaser so just that style was like yes i want to do this like melodic hardcore punk rock you know uh, melodic skate punk uh, but with like an aggressive edge to it and so it just really that style really spoke to me and I, I personally feel like my writing style is is pretty, if there's one artist that I'd say I'm pretty, um, that really influences me, I would say it's probably Good Riddance and Russ's style. Yeah. No, but, um, you know, sometimes I lean a little towards Russ, you know, he, he could be like, he's got that emotional aspect to him. He's got that aggressive aspect. And I don't know, he just really kind of speaks to me. So, um, 
it came out right when I was starting the band, like I said, and, uh, you know, it just really kind of, um, shaped our, my, my personal songwriting. Yeah. Is this a band that you guys have got to play with at all? Cause they're kind of from similar areas, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, several times. In fact, they took us uh, to Europe for the first time. Oh, wow. Where we ever went to Europe was with them in 2006. Okay. What was that experience like? It was so much fun. It was, it was incredible. We were, you know, we were all in our twenties. So we were, we were young and, you know, kind of carefree. And, um, and we got to do three weeks in central and Western Europe with, with our favorite band. And, um, just you know see the world and tour in a uh, double-decker bus and play to awesome fans every night so it, it was it, it was incredible for sure yeah yeah right on yeah the next one is uh, no use for a names more bitterness go! Yeah, yeah, such a, a classic um, album for for this genre and this style, and um, it, I think it's pretty easy to to see an album like this, you know, and, and compare it to Chaser and 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 hear the influence. But yeah, I'd love to hear kind of um, what that band has meant to you and, and how they influenced you. Nice man. Um, 
yeah so kind of like what how what i was alluding to is um noise for name and tony sly are also huge influences on my writing and that album kind of showed me or tony showed me that you know you could wear your heart on your sleeve and you could be vulnerable and you could um you could talk about emotion emotions and your feelings and heartache and stuff like that you know so you could still write love songs or emotional songs that have a fast you know backbeat to them and and fast guitar strumming and that are still fast melodic punk rock but but you know have emotional or or heartfelt type lyrics yeah so that was that was pretty cool for me to again it was that came out when i was starting the band and, and first getting into writing music and learning how to play music so um it was just very it was influential for sure it was a new experience yeah what i found really cool with no use for name when i discovered them I had kind of been more into kind of fast paced like fast paced stuff like Good Riddance, Strung Out, Slick Shoes, MXPX, and so when I heard No Use for a Name, what stood out is, you know, it wasn't it wasn't as you know breakneck fast as some of those bands. It wasn't as you know like lead guitar driven. It was more kind of rhythmic and more about the vocals and, and the melodies and harmonies and and I yes. just thought it, it stood out that it was maybe not you know, as exciting, you know, overall with, you know, not as much going on, but it was so memorable in just in different ways. And I just, I th- thought that was really cool. I mean, it's, it stood with me for, you know, 20 plus years that this has been out and kind of opened my mind to like, okay, like I, I love punk music, but there's, you know, some different variations of it and it kind of has different things to offer. And so I always love that about no use. A hundred percent, dude. Yeah. Like you said, they're, they're a very, um, melodic and lyric driven band like yeah they're all about the melodies and tony's lyrics and yeah they're not they don't have the craziest flashy guitars and the most technical you know drum fills and drum stops like a strung out or wilhelm scream um but you know what that some bands just they're not like like we we're not a technical band chaser is not We, we we rely heavily and we focus heavily on melody harmonies um heartfelt lyrics and uh, and I feel that no use is very very much the same. Yeah, yeah, and no, I can definitely definitely get that. And then the third one is Pennywise is about time. Who 
Pennywise until a few years later, probably full circle, which was a few after and then straight ahead. And and so I don't know as much about this one, but uh, yeah, tell me kind of how you got into this band and this album and why it has stood out to you. Sure. So early high school, um, really heavy into snowboarding. And man, that album was just like the soundtrack of, of my win- like couple winters that I was, you know, freshman, uh, sophomore, junior year of high school was snowboarding all the time, you know, the mid nineties, the whole snow skate surf culture was really big. And you had all these bands that were the soundtrack to like the perfect soundtrack to those alternative, um, sports. Yep. And that album was just like, it, it was in my ears on my, the, the whole time I was writing. So it just really stood out to me. Um, just the really, it's very guitar driven, you know, Fletcher's guitar style is, um, uh, you can't mistake it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very unique and, um, it just, it's so, so guitar driven and just some of the songs, man, just like, you can't, you can't beat them. And it was 95, you know? So it was very, I don't know, I want to say ahead of its time, but it was, it was groundbreaking for me at least. Yeah. So being from that area, like, did you get to see a lot of these bands kind of coming up as well? Like, was it more of a, um, kind of a peer-to-peer thing versus, you know, this is kind of a band out of reach or something? Like, what was that dynamic like? At first, yes. But what's crazy is once I started the band, once we started Chaser, um, we ended up playing with Pennywise like a year or two into our formation. So, um, yeah, like when I started listening to these bands, I, I started, you know, probably 96, 97, right when I started high school, you know, that's, that's when I, my first couple albums were compilations. There was Punkorama three, um, Nitro records, deep thoughts. And, um, I think it was fat records, uh, volume two or three. And hearing those bands, I'm like, wow, this is like on a whole nother level. Like these guys are gods. Like it, there's no way we, I could ever, I could see them live, but you know, to know them on a personal level, which is what we, have now you know after being in a band and getting to play with these bands um all the ones i'm speaking of we we know on a personal level and we're we're friends with them and we we see them a couple times a year when we when we tour so um yeah it was uh it started off like you know just very influential to us and now it's like we're part of the family i get more or less you know yeah yeah that's rad well, let's, uh, yeah, let's talk a bit about uh, Chaser. Your newest album, Dreamers, came out April 9th of 2021. I saw it listed and mentioned in a lot of people's top punk albums of 2021, including my own. So that's that's really cool to to see that oh. you guys getting some of that recognition. 
What was uh, the the creative process like for this album? Kind of the recording. How did uh, things kind of come together for this? What was inspiring you to write? Well, um, yeah, thank you first of all, and and yeah, man, we've been completely blown away and humbled by all the just incredible feedback from the album. It, it's really put us on a whole different um, tier, basically. Um, we've just gotten all these amazing opportunities from it and a ton of exposure. So it's, it's been awesome. And I'm really glad it's being perceived the way it has been. Um, as a band, we kind of have a, um, I don't want to say an oath, but we, we were trying to make it a goal to put out a new music every, every two years, if we can. Uh, so we did sound the sirens in 2018. And then the goal was to put out dreamers in 2020. It was, we finished recording it in March of 2020 and it was supposed to come out that summer. But when everything shut down, like literally the entire world shut down the day we finished recording the album. Wow. Like the day the last gang vocals were done, you know, mixed and mastered, good to go. Um, I think it was like March 31st or whatever. That's when like, at least in America, that's when the uh, the entire country shut down pretty much. So, um, or world for that matter. Um, so we decided to not put it out during COVID, during 2020 at least and ride it out till shows were a more tangible thing so we sat on it which was very difficult because we were very proud of the album and we knew people would really love it um for almost a year and at some at one point we were like yeah you know it's there's still no shows in sight really this was like the beginning of 2021 and um we're like yeah there's there's still no shows in sight really but we have a feeling things are going to start getting better so we, we just we decided we had to finally get it out. So we chose early April for like a spring type release. And, um, the recording process was, you know, we always write from the heart. We write songs that we, um, about lyrics, lyric content that we've lived through, um, social political type lyrics. We're, we're not a political band. We don't, we don't lean one side or the other, but we, we write generalized, um, lyrics about what's going on in society and going on in the world. And, um, you know, it's just kind of a product of its time. I think every album that a band writes is a product of that two or three years or however long it, the writing process is, you know, what, what they're going through. So, um, yeah, we're a very transparent band. We, we're not afraid to wear our hearts on our sleeves and, and say what's on our hearts and minds. So, um, yeah, a lot of those songs are very personal, like Break the Chain, for example, or Dreamers um, are about family members and, mm. you know, so... We just write uh, write what's pertinent and important to us. Yeah. The- did, did you find that these songs kind of came fairly easily to you, or uh, does it take a lot of digging to to put together an album's worth of songs? Um, luckily, it's pretty easy. We we write a lot, and between myself, Jesse, and Bill, um, we all all three of us write, and we come up with a lot of material. So I think the most difficult part is whittling all the songs down like right now we're writing for the next album that we want to record early next year and we already have over 20 songs wow so i think the difficult part is going to be deciding which songs are gonna we're we're gonna keep and you know just honing it down and whittling it down um yeah so no the writing process is is not that difficult we uh we're very fortunate that we we all participate and we we all have a lot of input we all have a say no one has egos 
you know, if I write something and, and Jesse's like, yeah, I think that could be done better. I'm like, cool, let's do it better and vice yeah. versa, you know? Well, and especially after you guys have been playing together for so long now, I'm sure some of those dynamics kind of come a little a little easier when you kind of know the flow and the feel of, of you know, the back and forth kind of thing. And yeah, I mean, this this comes up quite a bit and, you know, really it's it's about creating the best songs you can. And so, you know, it, it helps the band and the songs if, if the ego is not in there and you're really focused on, you know, everyone having their input and that's kind of how you're going to have the, the best output. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've, I've heard some bands like there's one person that writes all the music and it's like their way or the highway. Like, yeah, that's crazy to me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, I can get that if everybody else is cool with that. If everyone's like, yeah, we're kind of good to go with, you know. You've got the creativity. We're kind of good to go with it. But, yeah, if it's a control thing and, you know, causing tension, then it's kind of like, well, this is supposed to be a group effort. And so I know there's lots of dynamics that that go along with that. True. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone was to to listen to Dreamers uh, for the first time, what would you kind of hope they they walk away with after? Um, I would want them to realize uh the positive outlook um we we really try to focus on you know pma and and putting a positive spin on things even if it's um a negative subject um yeah we've been told by a lot of fans and and people in general that our music has been very uplifting and it's a positive light and otherwise you know negative world and negative society so we we always try to put a negative or a positive spin on um, on all subject matter, even if it is negative, like, you know, how society is these days and just politics that that's all pretty negative stuff, but we try to provide solutions or suggestions to make it better, how how to make the world a better place. Um, and just how to be a good human being and, and simply put live by the golden rule, just treat others the way you want to be treated. So um, and I think it really comes through in our music for sure. Uh, so I would, we want them to walk away with the notion that uh, we're a, a positive band and we're trying to help make the world a better place. Just one one song or one listener at a time. Yeah. No, I love that. I, and I know a lot of bands, you know, can tend to, you know, use their music as an outlet for kind of expressing, you know, negative things as well. And I mean, everything has its place and, and different artists and musicians have different ways of of working through those things. Um, yeah, but I do love when you kind of come away feeling really positive about something instead of like, oh man, like that was, you know, and don't get me wrong, there's, there's lots of great albums I love that they just feel heavy because, you know, there's lots of heavy topics on it and and nothing wrong with that, um, but I think especially you know for the style you guys are like it's great to come away with just that sense of yeah just being positive and and putting more good into the world than bad. I also you had mentioned um, kind of in your response to this over email that um, just you know to get that awareness that there are bands like Chaser out there that are you know kind of keeping the the sound alive. You know it's not just kind of the bigger bands you know like the the three you mentioned at the beginning and and I think that's awesome because I, that's what I love about bands like Chaser is when I put it on it takes me back to kind of how I felt about discovering bands in high school and just yeah that Thank melody you. and that energy and I think yeah sometimes you know especially guys our age. You know, I'm. I just turned 38, and you know, we can kind of get stuck in that, like, you know, just listening to the bands like that on Fat or Epitaph or whatever, 
And you know those those bands are awesome, and the ones that are still putting out music are are still great. But I love keeping up with with the newer ones. I mean, you guys are, aren't that new; you've been around for you know twenty plus years too. But still keeping it going and having a fresh sound. And so um, I love having bands like you guys on the podcast to try get the word out about that as well. Awesome, man! Thank you so much. And and we need more people like you that have that open minded aspect because like yeah, like you said, man. 38 pushing 40 guys in their 40s um a lot of a lot of them just stick to the the you know the the legacy bands the heavy hitters that they grew up listening to in the 90s and um i know a lot personally a lot of them are my friends and i'm like no you got to branch there's so many good up-and-coming bands and yeah we're not necessarily we're we're not a new band but we are still kind of up and coming even though we've been around for over 20 years I'd say the first 15 years was we were pretty low key. So we really haven't been on a kind of a international um, uh, radar since like, until like Sound of Sirens came out. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're, we're still working our butts off to try to, to get known, to get exposure. Um, but yes, there are so many bands that are just so talented and so good. And that, and that's what we wrote. See you at the show about um, which pays homage to, the bands that inspired us and that we take huge influence from, but also to let people know that there are other bands that will carry the torch and fill that gap when those legendary bands eventually have to, you know, call it a day and throw in the towel because, well, everybody's getting older. So. Oh, 
baseline We're waiting for our chance to make it Do our part to keep us safe Yeah, for, for that song specifically, how did you kind of pick the references for what bands you were going to kind of give a shout out to in the lyrics? Well, um, I start with Bad Religion because they, to me, they're like, they're the pinnacle as far as punk rock goes. They, they sit at the very top. They're the kings. You know, you have Bad Religion, Pennywise, No Effects, Rancid. To me, those are like the big four. Um, so I chose Bad Religion, you know, what's going to happen when they call it a day? You know, when the very top dog calls it a day you know is it all gonna just crumble like what's gonna happen um to the to our rock scene to the community and then i read an interview one time with fat mike and he said they're gonna i think the question was you know when are you guys gonna call it quits or when's no effects gonna break up and he stated that probably jokingly but he stated that they're gonna break up two years after bad religion does <laughs> so that's that's where i got that you know the concept for, for that first line so that takes out two big, you know, heavy hitter, legendary bands. So what's, you know, what's going to happen to our scene? Where do we go? Um, and then everything else in that song, there's a lot of Easter eggs that I put in there um, based on song titles from bands that we love, namely Bouncing Souls, Lagwagon, um, Green Day. And, you know, so I just wanted to kind of riddle the song with Easter eggs. I pay homage to some of our favorite bands and influences and then tie in the whole, you know, there's this community of, you know, like-minded people around the world and to make sure to pay attention to the up and coming bands. Cause they're the ones that are going to carry the torch when, when the big, big dogs uh, call it a day. Yeah. So as someone who's, who's involved in, in the music scene, say, say those top four bands were all, you know, tomorrow all announced that they were broken up. Do you think that there would be kind of enough of, of bands like Chaser to to kind of fill those spots? Do you think music fans of our age would would just kind of give up on it? What what kind of our personal thoughts would you, do you have on if that were to happen? How do you see things from from your perspective? Wow, man, that that is a great question. That's a really interesting question, dude. Um, I, I think I think they would because I think like myself and like 
like yourself as well. Punk rock is such a huge, huge part of our lives and we're so, so passionate about it. I think there'd be a void in a lot of people like, cause they, sure they could listen to the album still and reminisce on, on the old times, but they can't see them live. They can't go to shows. So I think there'd be a void that people would want to fill. Um, and I think it, it would take time though. I don't think it would happen. Like if those four bands broke up tonight, I don't think tomorrow our Spotify plays will, you know, jump to a hundred thousand. Um, or for any of the other up and coming bands for that matter. I think it would take time. It would take time for people to discover all the up and coming bands. Um, but I, th- I think eventually I hope that everybody would, uh, you know, take time to seek out the up and coming bands that that'll fill that void. Yeah. Well, and especially with, with certain areas, like I feel like as time goes on, punk is kind of becoming more kind of area driven, right? Where you have like your, your Southern California, like these Pennywise shows that will be amazing. And, um, but I feel like it's not nearly as prevalent kind of in, in every area. And maybe that's just because a lot of the, the bigger kind of punk bands aren't touring as much, you know, because they're getting older and not coming through. And, um, like I'm trying to think of some of the last, like face to face was through here, like in the last five years or so. And, you know, there's still a few hundred people there, you know, kind of all guys, my age and kind of there more probably for nostalgic sake. And so, yeah, yeah, it's just a, it's a curious thing. I know there's a lot of great music still out there and still coming up. But I just wonder kind of how, kind of how far and wide it will really get. I mean, you have streaming and so everybody has access to it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of curious to see how that progresses, you know, in the next five years or so with, you know, how many of those bands are, are still trying to tour full time or kind of how that will all go. But anyways, yeah. Yeah. Lots, lots lot, to do that. They, they don't tour a whole lot anymore. I mean, better religious still does. Um, and a lot of bands they'll do like the uh, European, um, festival circuit, like the, like the summer time festival circuit. They'll do a couple weeks out in Europe, you know, and do like Grows Rock and Jerry on Air. Right. Bay Fest, Punk Rock Holiday, Brack Rock, um, which we're fortunate enough to, to be getting on all those. They'll do those. Um, but yeah, I, you don't see a whole lot of those bands doing like, you know, getting in the van for two months and doing a, a full U.S. tour anymore just because, um, yeah, it's taxing, you know. It, it's, yeah. it's not most definitely. Yeah, and there's, you know, every time I see one of those tours, I'm, I'm always surprised. Like, okay, there's still, you know, you never know when it's going to be the last chance. You know, there's every so often a band will come come through here. Like Descendants was supposed to play uh, six hours from me a couple of years ago. It was uh, the Thanksgiving here in Canada um, before COVID. And there was just this crazy winter storm and the highways were closed and I couldn't get to Winnipeg. And it's just like, well, there goes my chance to ever see the descendants, you know, like I, why would they ever kind of come back to my area again? And so it's, you know, just kind of cherishing those moments and trying to not take them for granted and, and just yeah. enjoy those opportunities when they come. Exactly. Yeah. Try, try not to miss any shows cause you don't know if it's <laughs> going to be, you know, hopefully they'll come back, but you never know. Yeah. Yeah, and the other song, so you you kind of mentioned already, uh, See You at the Show, which is uh, the closing track on the album, which is an, an awesome way to close the album. And then the other song you picked was Good Times.
what is what's uh, the meaning behind this song and why is it special to you? Yeah, so I mean that's that's a good example of our you know PMA driven song and just having a, a positive outlook on life and just having a good time. Um, Chaser, we're, we're kind of like a I don't want to say a party band, but we we definitely like to just have a good time. We, we like to have some drinks and and you know have a good time at our shows. We'll drink with the fans and man, just just raise your glass to to raise your glass to tomorrow and all the good times and and you know what, what's happened in the past can't do much about it it can't be undone or unwritten so um you know like a lot of a lot of the songs we listen to you know not to sound cliche but it's all about living living in the present live for today and it's kind of along the same lines you know yeah yeah no it's sweet yeah let's uh let's talk a bit about uh collaborating i, I always like to hear kind of what what bands or artists um, the musician I'm talking to would be interested in collaborating with, you know, whether it's happened or if that would be a possibility. But yeah, if there was someone you could collaborate with musically or lyrically or whatever, you know, someone from, from the scene, maybe someone from outside of kind of the scene who, who are some that uh, would, would be awesome to work with. Well, uh, I think at the top of my list would be fat Mike, um, namely because I, I really admire and appreciate his writing style. Um, he, he's very introspective. He's very smart. And I know a lot of that, a lot of times it gets overlooked because a lot of the joke songs they have and, and a lot of the silly subject matter that they write about, but he's a very smart writer and he's, um, very methodical about how he writes. Hmm. And I, I really, um, you know, I just can appreciate it the way, the way he writes. And I would love to write a song. You know, I think the question was like, who, who would you want to write a song with? Yeah. Kind of, I or, guess, yeah. Whatever, whatever way you would see collaboration. Yeah. So I, I think it'd be cool to, to write a song with him. Um, I think we both write songs very similarly. We, if you ever listen to the end of wolves and wolves clothing, it's about 15 minutes of him mumbling and, and fumbling over words and freestyling um, over rhythm guitar acoustic guitar um and i write the same so i'll pick up my acoustic guitar i'll start writing i'll start playing chords coming up with the chord progression and then i'll put a melody on top of that but i don't have lyrics yet so i'm just kind of kind of mumbling or just kind of fumbling through a melody just freestyling words um but at least i have that melody because lyrics I, i write very last dead last so once I have a, a, a good chord progression and a, a good melody on top of it, then I can construct a song, you know, so I'll start either with a verse or chorus. If I write a verse for then verse first, then I'll write a pre-chorus, then a chorus, and I'll just kind of write the rest of the song. Sometimes I come up with a, a catchy hook, which will end up being the chorus. And then I write verses around that. Um, and anyway, that, so that's what he was doing at the end of that album. And, you know, that's, that's not, I, I don't, think that's very typical i don't know for sure but i don't think a lot of artists write that way so anyway we, we have a, a similar style but he's just so smart so i would just love to you know bounce ideas off him and and uh and plus we also want to get signed to fat records so you know there's that yeah has that like have you have you crossed paths with him at all is that likely or do you like you know do you have you ever tried pursuing collaborations like that or how do you take uh, all that in we definitely have. Um, in fact, I just hung out with him at Punk in the Park Festival uh, about two months ago. And um, we've never had a songwriting collaboration, but 
we definitely um, know each other and he knows of the band. And every time I see him, whether it's at shows or, you know, festivals that we play with them, um, I always drop little hints for him to try to sign us. But he's very particular about the bands he signs, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And how about for uh, somebody kind of maybe more outside of that uh, kind of skate punk sound? Um, I would love to hang out with Davey Havoc and have him write a, uh, a punk rock song again. Yeah. Like his, like he used to. <laughs> That's some of my favorite, my favorite albums was their, you know, their first three years on Nitro their first three albums on Nitro. Um, and then Black Sails and The Art of Drowning got a little different, but I still love them. But then after that, I'm, I'm kind of <clears throat> checked out on, on AFI. But, man, if if he could write, if, if I would write some songs like like their 90s era, you know, Very Proud of You and Answer That and Shut Your Mouth type style albums, gosh dang it, dude. That would be, that'd be a dream for me. So selfishly, I know they won't because they blew up since they changed their style. So I get it. But, um, selfishly, and I'm sure a lot of other fans would agree. Um, I would love to collaborate with Davey Havoc and, and, um, we could write a, a song reminiscent of something that would be on very proud of you. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. When I, when I saw you had put that, I was like, Oh, that, that's really cool. I'd love to even just think about his type of vocals from back then, you know, over a melodic song, or maybe even if he wrote something a bit darker, kind of, how that would sound. I I also often wonder, you know, with bands that, you know, kind of transform their sound so much over the years, you know, do they miss that? You know, sometimes bands come back with maybe kind of more of a throwback sound, but I feel like for a band like them, they're, they're kind of so far past that, that I just assume that interest isn't even there. But I mean, yeah, I, I wonder what, what, what a guy like that, you know, in that position would, would be interested in something like that. You know, dude, that's so funny. I, I wonder that thing. I wonder that same thing. And, you know, I wonder, cause like that, that's their, that's their roots. You know, that's their humble beginnings. Like you gotta, you gotta think like they, they at least have a, somewhat of a soft spot for that style of music or on the flip side, when they did change their sound and they started making a shit ton of money, was that enough for them to be like, Oh no, forget that. Like I'm never looking back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a very polarizing thing, especially for fans because you latch onto a band because of a certain, you know, era or sound, and then when it shifts so much, at least for myself, I, I often have trouble kind of still kind of following the band and keeping up with it, you know, especially when it's such a drastic shift. Um, you know, yeah. there might be a few cases of that, but typically it's like, uh, I'm, I, I'm not, can't get into that as much. So I guess yeah. that's just how, you know, creativity is. You kind of, you know, sometimes you move past things and that's all good too. Yeah. I kind of think there, there's got to be at least a, a, an ounce of um, design for that. I'm just assuming obviously, but you know, you got to think like <clears throat> they probably miss it a little bit, right? That old style, you know, that we even that, just, yeah, the energy and the you know, energy. the live, like I have no idea what an AFI show is like these days, but I can't imagine it has the same type of, of energy as they used to. Like I saw yeah. them on the uh, sing the sorrow, um, tour, whenever that was like early two thousands. And I mean, that was awesome. Then after that, it kind of, just started progressing even more away from that. Yeah. I mean, Davey's an incredible frontman, and they, they still do put forth a lot of energy, but so many of their new songs are, are so operatic and like kind of like just soft that like 
I think it's hard to have that really just, you know, head on crazy energy like they used to. I, I just saw a video of them playing at, um, I don't think it was Gilman, but it's a record store in the East Bay after Very Proud of You came out. And oh my God, the energy was through the roof. It was like mm-hmm. 96. So it was like old school granny video. But dude, if, if they if they would play a show now of like just those songs, that'd be so incredible. That'd be like the my dream show for sure. Yeah. Well, I feel like it makes a big difference when a band feels like they kind of have something to prove, which... I don't know if they do anymore. You know, when a band's been around as long as them, you know, people kind of either know them or they don't. Or, um, yeah, like those, when bands are more, you know, they're up and coming or just have that energy and it's like they have something to prove, right? They want to be, you know, the best live band or have the most energy or the most wild or whatever, right? And I don't know if when a band gets to that stage, if they really have those same type of goals anymore. Dires and goals, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. They they have that established fan base, and they know they're going to sell out whatever show they play. <clears throat> play, and they don't phone it in by any means. But it's definitely, yeah, they don't have to work as hard. I think to to make fans or to turn heads. You know. Yeah. Yep, yeah, and and again, I, I guess that's just kind of part of the progression is you just lose some of that, but you gain other areas or whatever. But. Yeah, no, that's that's cool to hear your insight on that. So, kind of to wrap up here, what's what's uh, coming up here for for Chaser in the new year? You know, you mentioned kind of some writing in this Pennywise show, um, or even outside of the band personally, anything that you you're excited about in in the coming year? Uh, well, for for the band, we we do have a very big year. Um, knock on wood, making you know, assuming everything yeah <clears throat> is low with with COVID. Um, we have a, a big year for sure. So um, we're doing, we're going back to Europe. We're doing about three weeks in Europe this summer. Um, doing really incredible festivals. Um, a lot of the ones I, I mentioned earlier, we're doing Brack Rock and Punk Rock Holiday and Tells Bells and Bay Fest and, um, and a bunch of rad club shows with some really cool bands. Um, they haven't been announced yet, but they're going to be really rad. And uh, yeah, so we're doing about three weeks this summer in Europe. Uh, we're doing a, about a week, week long run in Quebec in June. Oh, nice. Bay Fest, or no, sorry, not Bay Fest, um, Red Bridge Fest. Okay. Um, in Quebec city. And then we're going to do a, a couple club shows along the way. And, and yeah, the Pennywise show and, and just all the, the local shows that pop up periodically throughout the yeah. year. Do you guys, and, Oh, sorry. Oh, and just writing new music, yeah, for the new album. How do you how do you guys like typically set up your schedule? Like, I'm assuming you're not, you know, pursuing touring full time, or you have kind of day jobs. How do you kind of decide what you do take and what you don't, or how do you guys kind of figure out your time? Yeah, great question. Um, we we all exactly we all have careers. Um, we all have day jobs, so we can't just take off all the time in the world that we want. Um, our guitarist is a, a high school math teacher, so he has a whole summer off. Okay. The rest of us, we we're able to take a decent amount of time off <clears throat> if we do. Um, we have vacation time, and and I'm able to do trades. Uh, I'm a firefighter, so I can do trades with other guys. Like they'll work my shifts, okay. and I work there. Um, but yeah, so we, we we can't take all the time off in the world. So we we do kind of have to be kind of picky and choosy when it comes to uh, touring, but we always, we, we, we're fortunate that we get to go to Europe every summer. 
um, yeah. aside from the last two years with, with COVID, obviously. So we always set aside at least, you know, a couple weeks every, every summer that we dedicate to Europe. Um, and then, yeah, just whatever else comes out throughout the year. We, we really want to get to Australia. We have, we have a label out there called P Records. So we want to um, definitely get out there as soon as possible. And then <clears throat> we'd like to get to Japan as well. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that's exciting that, you know, even at this stage of, you know, your music career or, you know, just being able to kind of do things here and there, that there's still enough opportunities and, and excitement about that. Like, that's that's awesome. I'm sure there's times when you get to that stage of a band where it's like, okay, like, you know, do we still have good things to kind of look forward to or kind of have we peaked or, you know, just those different back and forths of, you know, when you can't pursue something as much as it might need to be pursued. And so that's, that's really exciting to hear that you've got lots of great opportunities coming up and I hope that uh, keeps coming. Thanks, man. Yeah, we're, we're very excited. And you know, kind of love what you're saying right now is I, I think you, ha- you really have to treat it as a hobby and as something fun. Uh, touring, because touring can be very, very strenuous. Yeah. It, stressful. It, 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 it can be, you know, detrimental to a band. A lot, a lot of bands break up after touring. And luckily for us, we don't have to rely on the band for income. So we're, we're in a position where we could treat it as a hobby and we do it for fun and we, we genuinely love each other. We're, we're the best friends. We, we just, we mesh so well. Um, we love each other's company and we just have such a good time together when we, when we do tour. Um, and I bring my family too. My, my kids are, you know, teenagers, so they're, they're old enough to travel with us. So it's kind of a, it's a really cool platform for me to be able to, um, bring my family and, and let them experience the world as well. Yeah, wow. That's awesome. I love to hear that. Yeah, it's cool to, yeah, like you said, when when those pressures aren't there, you can really just enjoy it for what it is. You know, if it's gone tomorrow, then, you know, you, you just kind of keep moving forward with your family and your job. And, and if it keeps going for another five, ten years, then then you enjoy it for what it is. And that's that, that's kind of how, how it, it should be, you know. And it's, you know, I, I know it's hard when you get into the music industry or whatever industry, right? Where it's like when you know you have to push and do things a certain way to to make it work, that can kinda of sucks the joy out of it. And so that's awesome when it's not like that. Yeah, no, you don't want it to be a job. Exactly. You want it to be fun. Yeah, sweet. Well Mike, I really appreciate you taking the time to to hang out and share about Chaser. I'm excited to see what what this year has for you guys and yeah, keep doing what you're doing. It's awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you much. Appreciate that. Thanks for the time. Yeah.